You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. It is Wednesday, it is football season, and you know what that means. It is Brad Spielberger time from Pro Football Focus, and uh, should be... Yes, there he is. Okay, very good. Brad, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Good call on the 49ers, by the way. Uh, That was just lopsided, to say the least. So that was fun for everyone who's ever lived in Dallas a time or two. Uh, But let's start, though, with uh, the Colts. And uh, the Anthony Richardson news that uh, broke about an hour ago that he's expected to miss four to eight weeks. In terms of how that should impact our bets on the Colts going forward, whether it's individual games or maybe betting on them to have the worst record, uh, does this news impact how we should look at them going forward? I actually think it goes the other way. Look, I like Anthony Richardson. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. I think we've seen some good tools from him already, some explosive plays. He had a throw to Alec Pierce on the right seam in week four. That was like a crazy throw. He's getting hit as he throws it and still delivers a seed 40 yards down the field. But um, Gardner Minshew is probably more equipped to win with this team right now. I mean, he's, he's a very good journeyman, backup quarterback. You have a lot of possession receivers, Michael Pittman, and a you know a good slot vertical threat in Josh Downs. And Gardner Minshew is just going to stay on schedule. He's going to work with Shane Steichen, who he you know obviously came along from Philadelphia with, and, and they're going to win a lot of ugly, low-scoring football games. So yeah, I actually think it's kind of the opposite. Um, and, and I you know I like them in a lot of a lot of games with Gardner Minshew under center. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed your Brock Purdy conversation on the forecast, and it's it's challenging. Like a lot of people are still, tr- and people want you to have a, a strong opinion where you stand on Purdy, and it's all over the map, and it's uh, you know spilled over to the point where media members are having like vicious arguments about it, and it's and it's turning <laughs> ugly, and people are going in their corners and they're refusing to budge in any way. Uh, you're not one of them. You are budging. You're you're changing your opinion a little bit. Uh, let's do this as we jump into that part of the conversation. What is more likely? Both of these scenarios are seven to one. What is more likely? Brock Purdy, MVP, or Kyle Shanahan, Coach of the Year? I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, I know it does get tough for some of the elite coaches once they're on the radar and everyone knows they're good and then they kind of, it's harder for them to win the award. Um, And obviously I think for both players, there's going to be this narrative of, well, they're working with great conditions and therefore, you know, we, we, they love voting for, all right, who exceeded their preseason win total by the most? Let's get Brian Dable in there. And the entire league may have figured out Brian Dable in one off season, but that's tongue in cheek. But anyway, like that's usually how the award goes. So I think it's going to be tough for Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy because obviously everyone's going to say, 
well, Purdy was in the best surrounding circumstances of any quarterback in the NFL and yada, yada, yada. But I would lean Shanahan just because, I mean, this team is off to one of the most dominant starts, I mean, in NFL history. They're, I think they're the fifth team ever to score 30 points in all five of their first games. Yeah, I would lean Shanahan because this team might, I mean, this team might go like 14 and three with, with a, you know, Mr. Irrelevant second year quarterback coming off an elbow surgery. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. We were just talking Survivor last segment, and I like to live on the wild side, so I was trying to make the case for the Raiders this week. It's a little dangerous, but fun. But I think it has to play into how you rate this Patriots team. There's all these reports coming out. Chris Sims is talking about how um, Bill Belichick alienated Mac Jones last year and Robert Kraft had to get involved and that, you know, uh, Mac Jones was in Belichick's doghouse and it's really rattled him and affected his confidence. And we're seeing it. I mean, it, it seems like they don't have a good relationship or something's going on and they are not performing well. So I'm just curious how you rate this Patriots team and what you make of them going forward. Yeah, I mean, they have the worst offense in the NFL. I think they're now dead last in EPA per play. They might be 31st ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think they have a bottom five offensive line. They might have the worst pass catchers in the NFL. And Mac Jones is probably a bottom seven starter, you know, in football right now. You know, I think he can win with good surrounding circumstances, but he doesn't have those. So it's not going to go particularly well. I'm a little fearful in Survivor. It's against Josh McDaniels. The defense will probably show up. It's a... You know, not a revenge game, but like, you know, there's there's a lot there. And Josh McDaniels, I mean, the field goal decision against the Packers, I think was worse than the field goal decision he made a couple weeks ago, yeah. kicking on fourth and four. Like, I really do. I think it was the, one of the worst coaching decisions of the entire season. Obviously, they win the game, so no one's really going to talk about it as opposed to losing the game the last time it happened. But, yeah, his in-game management is pathetic. There's also in the first half, they didn't call a timeout early or near the end of the first half and they were trying to drive down and score points and they basically ran out of time at midfield and if they called a timeout earlier they would have had another minute probably or 40 seconds I guess like he's just he's a terrible in-game manager so I'm a little scared but I, I certainly see the idea because the Patriots their offense is horrendous and then when you lose Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez might be the two best defensive players they have. Um, it, it gets a little scary. So that, like you said, you're getting frisky there. You're getting a little, a little outside the box, but there's not a lot of good options this week. So maybe this is the week to do it. All of our good options are largely taken uh, through five games, and uh, Josh McDaniels in games. It's not getting better. Like all these things get pointed to him and it's not getting better. It's like the lack of adults in the room are not going to him and saying, Hey, you need to be better at this. And so the Raiders constantly make me nervous as far as that is that concerned. The evolution's never there. So I, I think you're spot on there. Uh, we are not doctors. We just play them on the radio. Did Joe Burrow look better last week or was it just because he was facing the Cardinals? I think he did. Yeah, I think the first touchdown pass he had to Jamar Chase, and I think he actually said it himself in the postgame press conference, but um, he, he rolls out to his right, he scrambles a little bit, and then throws back across his body to the left, and it was a nice touchdown uh, in the back corner of the end zone. We haven't seen that at all. Like, like He hasn't done that the entire season. So I don't know if he's 100%. There were still a couple rollouts and scrambles where I think he was a little bit you know, labored or a little bit slower than normal but a massive step forward. If you can get a little bit of that from Joe Burrow, uh, it goes a long way in this offense because th that is one of the best aspects of his game. How about against I was totally... the Seahawks three-point favorites? 
See, that one's interesting to me. Obviously, you get Seattle off a bye. I do think we need to now readjust Cincinnati and, and, and view them as a, you know, a better football team. But, I mean, they beat the Arizona Cardinals, who are, you know, I think they're 31st in EPA per play allowed, 29th in success rate allowed on defense. Obviously, their offense is going to have down weeks. So, I don't know if we should overcorrect because you beat the Arizona Cardinals as plucky as they've been this year. I kind of like Seattle plus three, frankly. Um, their defense was pretty bad outside of the Giants game, but I do think the pass rush is starting to settle in a little bit. Draymond Jones playing better. A lot of the new additions playing better football. I kind of lean Seattle, but, but I know I'm, you know, I know our PFF green line doesn't like that. My, my co-hosts on the forecast don't like that, but, um, maybe it's a stay away, I guess. <laughs> uh, was with you on last week's card. I did not like it. Do you feel differently this week? And, uh, what are some other plays that you do like? Yeah, a couple plays this week. It's not my favorite, but a couple plays for sure. Uh, I like Baltimore out in, in London. Um, I think you're getting a, a spread here that is looking at the, the score in the Steelers Ravens game, and that was one of the most one of the most impressive ten point offensive outings I think I've ever seen. I mean, you know, you may have seen the discourse. Lamar Jackson was our highest graded passer this week, and they scored ten points. He had zero touchdown passes and one interception, but they were charted with seven drops, which is the third most in a game since 2017. For our charting, um, they were moving the ball very effectively. They should have had 28 points in the first half, and they just could not figure it out. Two drops in the end zone from Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. Two more drops on throws 20-plus yards downfield. One to Nelson Aguilar, I think, also would have been a touchdown. So the underlying fundamentals for them are so much stronger than their performance last week. And I still just don't like Tennessee. Um, you know, I mean, still one of the worst coverage units in the NFL. And their offensive line's a problem. I think Mike, uh, Mike McDonald is going to dial up his sim pressures and stunts and all the stuff that he does up front uh, and wreak havoc as always. So that's one. My favorite play of the week, though, is a long teaser. Um, it's the Houston Texans and the Washington Commanders. Uh, Six-point teaser you get, I think, Houston up to 7.5 uh, and, the, and the Commanders right now up to 8.5. I mean, for Houston – you're getting a better quarterback at home plus plus money. And, and look, I, the Saints probably are a better team overall. But when I get a better quarterback at home plus you know plus one and a half, I, I love it. And then you know with, with Washington, this isn't gu guaranteed to happen again. But their defense is obviously playing very poorly right now. Last year through Week Five, they were 27th in EPA per play, and then from Week Six to the end of the season, they were fourth. And, and again, there's no promise that happens again, but. Jack Del Rio's defense, for whatever reason, they have the most diverse coverage play in the entire NFL. Like, they play 10% or more of cover zero, cover one, cover two, cover four, uh, quarters, like cover six. Like, they're very and, – and I think maybe there's some, some growing pains there. But Chase Young had 11 pressures against the Bears. They get the mini buy to figure some things out. So, long answer short there, Ravens minus four, uh, the Houston-Washington six-point teaser. And then I'll give you a couple props as well. Uh, it's not released yet, and I wish Justin, Justin Jefferson did not get hurt. Uh, but TJ Hawkinson receiving yards against the Chicago Bears. Week one, they gave up three catches for 50 yards to Luke Musgrave in his debut. Week two, they gave up six for 41 to Kate Otten. Week three, and, and a half of football, Travis Kelsey had seven, 70, and one. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Logan Thomas uh, had nine for 77 and one uh, on Thursday night. So they can't cover tight ends. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that number, but it might be too high given the Justin Jefferson injury. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's a bummer for the Vikings. Let's look at tomorrow night, Broncos at Chiefs. We've got a double-digit spread side total, uh, 47 and a half, 48, depending on where you do your shopping or any props you like in this one. Yep, going back to the prop well here. I like Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes plus 130. Um, it's been like a dagger loss a couple times already this year, but whenever I get that at plus money, um, I love it. I mean, Demar Mathis is our lowest graded corner in the entire NFL. Uh, the Broncos are about to undergo an, a, a fire sale. I think Frank Clark is traded. I think Jerry Judy and or Cortland Sutton get traded. I think there's conversations about Justin Simmons. Like, I, I think the team is going to be torn to the skids. So there's always the risk of, did the Chiefs score so much early on and they're up 40 points and he, they stopped throwing? Um, but Look, it's a divisional game. I think Russell Wilson in that offense still has been pretty good um, and can find a way to score some points against the Chiefs defense. And hopefully that keeps them in the game enough to where Patrick Mahomes keeps throwing. But yeah, Broncos are bottom five in pass rush win rate. Their coverage unit is terrible outside of Patrick Sertan. Um, I like Patrick Mahomes there over two and a half. Monday was very much open season for the Dallas Cowboys as far as the critics were concerned, basically uh, ripping them apart after that blowout loss to the 49ers. Now, this upcoming Monday, they get the Chargers, but the Cowboys, uh, yeah, they're two-point favorites here, but they're on the road, regardless of what you think this road advantage (laughs) might be for the Cowboys. Uh, But Justin Herbert does seem to be the better quarterback in this matchup. So how do you see things playing out and what is wrong with the Cowboys exactly? Yeah, uh, like you said, it's probably gonna be a home game for Dallas as far as the the ratio of fans in the stands. Um, I think this offense, and look, I was totally wrong about this. It's a static offense. They run a bunch of comebackers to the quarterback. You're not hitting playmakers in space with a head of steam to run and get yards after the catch. Um, You know, it's a lot of typical Mike McCarthy slant flat and like curls and hooks and hitches. He talked, I think it was the worst quote of all time yesterday about how this we're going to play offense catered to the defense. And like, we don't, you know, we don't want to score points. We just want to let our defense tee off. And they're, they're near the top of the NFL in the amount of series where they go run, run, pass. Like they just decided not to try to score points. It, you know, they blame everything on Kellen Moore. The Chargers now are top five in red zone conversion rate. They were in the 20s last year. The Cowboys were second last year in red zone conversion rate. They're now in the 20s this year. Maybe Kellen Moore is pretty good uh, in in some areas of the football field. So I think it's Mike McCarthy. I mean, Dak didn't play well against the Niners, but this this offense does not look good. Um, And, uh, yeah, I was was dead wrong. I I thought he was going to be fine and they were going to be smooth here. But that's my, my take on it. As for the game, I hopped on the over 48 when it dropped. I think it's now 51. Um, so I don't love it anymore, but I, I do think it's going to be a shootout. I think both offensive lines are going to mitigate the opposing pass rush, and I think we'll see a bounce back you know, from Dak in this game. 
were the idiots for thinking that Mike McCarthy was actually going to change after all that being away from the game, blame sit, sitting there and blaming Kellen Ward for everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably on us. All right, Justin Fields. He's tied with Josh Allen, Tua, and Russell Wilson for passing touchdowns, second best in the NFL. Do the Bears have a franchise quarterback? Uh, I hate to be this guy. I've tried not to say this anywhere. I wasn't even like overly impressed with the Washington performance. I mean, throwing to the intermediate level of the field, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And like that's, you know, we started with the Brock Purdy conversation. Look, it's great to throw bombs, and, you know, and, and, and he has the talent to do it. He's one of the best downfield passers in the NFL on throws 20 plus yards downfield. He's like top five for us in, you know, grade, a million different things, accuracy, whatever. The Mr. Darnell Mooney on the crosser, you know, coming to the left side of the field. I thought he missed Mooney also on two other throws in that game. Like, there's just – he can't throw certain concepts. Like, he can't hit a sail route. He can't hit crossers. <sighs> Look, it's good to hit wide-open receivers. I'm not going to take that away from him, and maybe they were not the first mm-hmm. guy in his progression. But, I mean, DJ Moore had 10 yards of separation on half of his catches in that game. The last touchdown could have been a pick six if it was, like, uh, like a half second later. Um, so yeah, now I put that out there. Everyone's gonna come after me. Look, I love <laughs> the guy. I want him. Yeah, I want him to be the guy. But I just, I need, I still need to see so much more. I think he's third lowest, third highest in average time to throw, which is like it's fine. It's not inherently a bad stat. But but anyway, I hope I hope he's the guy. I'm still not really convinced. Good stuff, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Thank you so much for your time. We will see you next Wednesday. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our Week 6 conversation. That's right here on the BetQL Network.